welcome back to our podcast. Hello, Chandler. Hi, Lauren. How are you? It's Tuesday. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Let's get into a little bit of housekeeping before we start this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to chat with everyone and just say, just give a little update on the giveaway. If you are listening to this, there are only a few more days to enter. It is, we're running it till the end of the month for the 14 karat gold casita jewelry, butterfly charm necklace. It's one of my favorites that I wear all the time. And anyway, to enter, you just put on your stories that you love the pod or something about, you know, how much you love Lauren as like the best host and tag us and include a link to our podcast on your stories. That way your followers can just simply click and like easily listen and tag us. If you are a private account, we will not see it. So you need to send us a screenshot. If you're private notarized screenshot, if you have a private account, you need to get your screenshot notarized. Okay. In order for it to be included. Well, I need to see a screenshot where it says 23 H at the top that it's been up for a full day. Cause if any of you bitches you know, do this for 10 seconds, take a screenshot and then delete it. You will be on my hit list. Hit list, baby. Um, anyway, a place I'd want to be, I've been there a few times. I don't want to be there again. (laughs) Um, no. So it's very simple to enter and it has really, really helped us. You guys like our stats this month are seriously up because of the giveaway. So anyway, um, we really appreciate everyone who's entered and let's move on. Let's get into the episode because I know you have a lot of things to catch me up on. And then we've got like some good topics this week, hearty topics to dig into. Yes. Okay. So I have another like administrative thing I do want to discuss. Um, Okay. And, but this is part of the episode. So I want to make a disclaimer in episode 91, I made a comment that I didn't intend to make. So I made a comment that if I could have, you know, basically gone to any school I wanted, not any college I wanted, regardless of the cost of the school, I would have gone to a better school. What I meant by that is not how it came across. And I just want to, at the very top of this episode, apologize and also say that I do not think that BYU where Chandler and I both went to college is in any way a bad school or that I got any education that I'm not super proud of. I was absolutely not talking about the quality of education. Chandler, did you know I was going to discuss this issue, this big speech? I was not prepared for the decree that you just issued. (laughs) Um, I have spent months and weeks really toiling away and worrying, tossing and turning about, you know, whether or not you should have said those things. So I'm glad you just, you know, made, made me whole. Did you actually notice, did it even come across to you? What the, when you said that? Yeah. Or is that a joke? I mean, actually like, think about it when you initially said it, no, I didn't think about it. I don't want to get back into it, but I just think that like you had a different college experience and that, like, I feel like what you studied didn't really like lead you to what you've ended up doing. And -hmm. so I think you've just like reflected back in like a different way than like I have where like BYU to me, I still probably would have, I don't know, like it was still the best school for me to go to for my particular field for my career. Yeah. So that's like made me have like reflect on it in a different way than probably you have. Yeah. So I actually wasn't even talking about that at all. So clearly I need to provide some clarity. Um, because I, I loved my program. I felt like I really got a, as dad likes to call it a world-class education. I absolutely loved my professors, 
all of that. And I also signed up to study philosophy. I knew that there was no clear career path. Um, I never even really wanted a career. And so that mm-hmm. was fine with me at the time. So what I meant by that, I would have gone to a better school is I would have gone to a better school for me. So I specifically had a very hard time socially at BYU. Right. I felt like an outsider my entire time there. I felt extremely paranoid about the honor code Mm -hmm. and getting turned in for my lack of religious beliefs. I felt and getting, you know, I, I felt like going to that school was a negative thing for me in a social sense. And your social life is a huge part of college. Right. Um, and it's a hilarious looking back because I was actually a very, and I'm not going to go on too long about this. I, I promise is like, I'm going to wrap up in a minute, but I felt at BYU like an outsider and also like a negative, like I felt like a dark, like a black sheep, like something about mm-hmm. me was bad. And ultimately that wasn't a good experience or healthy. And anyway, my, my point is, is that it just wasn't the best fit for me culturally and socially. And that's a huge part of the college experience. Right. So if I could have gone to a better school and, you know, been able to make friends with virtually anyone I met and not had this huge chasm in worldviews, then I think that actually would have been a lot better. That's what I was referring to. I love BYU. You know, I had a great experience otherwise, and I did meet amazing friends who had been through similar things to me. I did spend a few years though, basically friendless. So anyway, that's where that was coming from. And I don't want to come across as ungrateful for my education or ungrateful for the support that our parents gave to me to be able to go to college and graduate debt-free that would not have been possible without them. So I'm truly, truly grateful. And I don't believe that they owed me a free education or a hundred percent paid for education at another school. Like I, I think that it's fine. Okay. I mean, I think that mom and dad still owe me a free life. Like I think mom and dad literally should be paying all of my bills. Um, but that's a topic for another day. Oh, nothing, nothing is worse than realizing that at some point you have to start paying for your life. But yes, a topic for another day. Thank you for letting me issue that BYU disclaimer. Mm -hmm. I do have to tell you a quick story. Okay. Okay. So this all kind of came about, I issued a disclaimer because I was talking to mom and she told me that, you know, her and dad were frankly, like quite disappointed to hear that. And it came, Mm -hmm. I came across as super ungrateful and all this stuff. Anyway, um, so we were talking and she was like, and also the podcast is just something that I really basically don't like. Mm -hmm. And I went to the dentist, she said, and she said in the dental hygienist, she was like this all, like we heard that part of the podcast. It was very disappointing. And for your father and I, and then the next morning I go to the dentist and the dental hygienist is like, oh, I heard your daughters have a podcast and it's really funny. (laughs) And she's like, this podcast is also something I cannot escape. It's constantly around me. People are constantly talking about it. Um, And mom said that she said, please don't listen. And to the dental hygienist, she said, it's so embarrassing. And then she was like, at the end, I made her promise not to listen to your podcast. Oh my gosh. I'm just glad that this giveaway is working because mom is actively dispelling people from listening and making them swear oaths to, uh, to not listen. So thank goodness for this giveaway, because we have to try to grow some way in spite of our mom's best efforts. Yeah. In spite of mom, like actually making people swear up and down, they will not listen. (laughs) I thought that was so hilarious. You know, some might say like, you haven't made it until you have haters, but like, we'll just say that you haven't made it until your mom is actively 
telling people not to listen and making them swear not to listen. Yeah. She, she, she wants to support us, but you know what she also talks about, which I'm dying to tell you. She also just thinks we're super embarrassing. Like she thinks that every time we post a link to the Patreon or discuss the Patreon, she basically thinks we're like prostitutes. She thinks we're like on the streets begging for money. This is a woman who never let us sell cookies or gift wrap, uh, to our neighbors or to like family friends because she thought it was so embarrassing to like ask your friends for money, which I think essentially is what she thinks the Patreon is, is like asking your close friends and loved ones to like give you money every month. She thinks it's like putting up a GoFundMe for our Mm -hmm. shopping habit. Exactly. She's so mortified by the Patreon. I remember, okay, I put up something like, oh, in 2022, we're trying to grow our audience. You know, we want to know how everyone found us. And she responded to that story and was like, please stop posting things. Like, please don't post things like this. It's extremely <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> so then I was talking to her about the Patreon and I'm like, mom, um, you know, our, you know, our, we're doing really well. Like this podcast is growing. The Patreon is growing. And she's like, don't even talk to you about the Patreon. She's like, the Patreon <laughs> is so embarrassing. Why don't you just like stand on the side of the road, essentially? And then she was like, why are you asking people to give you money? And I was like, well, mom, it's not like, for free. It's not like we're asking people to donate. Like we have, you know, we give people content every week, like, or we give people, right. there's bonus there's exchange. Episodes. There's an exchange of goods. She's like, what do you mean? Like, wh- why would people pay for that? She was so confused. She was like, that should be free. And I was like, no mom, like people enjoy it. And we do do four free episodes a month. And then we have, you know, bonus episodes that people can pay for if they love it or want to support the show. And she just like, doesn't get it. She's like, I, I just, I don't think you're giving people anything for the money. And I'm like, mom, like we are, they're called bonus episodes. And she's like, well, why aren't they free? (laughs) (laughs) She honestly thinks everything we do should be a hundred percent free because uh, it's very low quality. And she's an enemy to content creators everywhere. Let that be known. Well, I was like, mom, do you think that Courtney's embarrassing? Like, posting shopping links that she gets a commission from mom's like no I think Courtney's account is wonderful (laughs) that checks out checks out baby I think mom is just truly one of a kind I don't really understand why she hates the podcast so much because it gives her like a decent amount of clout like she's been like spotted before so I just don't right I don't it's not quite the gravy train that you know Courtney's ventures are right. But you know, we don't exactly have like cute hand-me-downs to offer her, but you know, it's not nothing. And like, if it's, if it's made its way to your dental hygienist, like, aren't you kind of flattered? I don't know. I look, the woman will never be satisfied as long as you and I are on the airwaves. So I'm just going to, you know, live and let live. I think the thing mom wants most of all is us to just have like very easy patrician lives where we like basically are just ensconced in Ralph Lauren cashmere in beautiful homes and we have very restful lives and we only talk about extremely like highbrow things in a public way. Like mom, honestly, I would that like it's a trash. She thinks it's trashy. You know what I mean? She thinks we're like bringing down the family name. Well, I would be happy to have that life if, you know, they would pay for it. (laughs) Exactly. I will quit this podcast right now if my whole entire life can be paid for. If I can have the life of luxury and highbrow thinking, um, you know, at no cost to me. No problem. I'll put down this mic right now. I will quit this podcast. If I can get 
30K a month from mom and dad. Yeah. If I can have them contractually agree to that, what's the, mm-hmm. what's not alimony, but it's like child adult payments. What would that be called? Do you know? I'm not I guess sure. Dad would know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, if we can get some sort of contract going so I could fund that kind of lifestyle, I 100% would quit as well. So mom, 100%. Dad, it's only going to cost you in? a whole 60,000 a month between me and Chandler, <laughs> which I mean, I mean, I I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. I can be bought like none other. No, like if you don't want the Bledsoe name to continue to be denigrated, it seems like a bargain to me. Right, right. One other quick story for you. I want to tell you about my plane journey back to Puerto Rico oh, from yeah, New York. York. Okay. okay. So the journey from New York, it's not like a quick hour or two hour flight. It's a full four mm-hmm. hour flight. So it's not nothing. And anyway, I was on the plane and I got sat in one of those exit row seats that don't have a seat in front of it. Do you know okay. what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, totally. So it's like the, there's a row of two seats in front of a row of three seats. And my, mm-hmm. my seat had no, nothing in front of it, which I specifically chose. Right. Because, um, I have a very specific physical tick and I'm going to come you clean really to our, do. I'm going to come clean to our listeners. I have a very specific physical tick when it comes to my legs. Chandler, I've not talked to you about discussing this on the podcast, but do you know what I'm talking about? I think I know what you're talking about. Can you describe it? I don't think it's lotion related. No, it's not lotion related. I think it's a cracking of your ankles and legs. It's my knees. My knees pop. My left leg pops when my knee goes in and my right leg pops when my knee goes out. Okay. When I extend my leg out, this is just consult with somebody about this. (laughs) This is just how my body works. And my physical tick is that I would say every 30 minutes, I need to do those contractions or extensions. (laughs) Um, I need to engage my legs and in an economy seat, that's not possible. Right. Um, so anyway, so I was sat in this gorgeous situation where I could as much as I wanted release you know, the nitric gas or whatever it is in my knee joints. Yeah. Is it from excessive couch laying, sectional laying? Are you (laughs) concerned about this? I discovered the power of this, I think in the seventh grade that my knees did this. And ever since I've had this physical take, like if I'm in a movie theater, if you're watching a movie next to me in a movie theater, you don't like going to movies. It's annoying. Like I'm annoying to be with because I will do like this weird, like leg shimmy every 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so any Kagan said anything about it? Of course. Like Kagan totally understands all of my physical. Like I have a lot of physical ticks. You do. Anyway. You honestly do. Like <laughs> the way that ugh, we actually got in a little fight because I've started to get annoyed with the way that Lauren drinks water before we like record. And it's just like now the most annoying sound to me is like Lauren being like, okay, one second, I need to drink water. And then you just hear these massive gulps and I want to die. Kagan also hates the sound of me drinking water. Yes. Like that was a big point of contention when we were first started dating. Cause what I would do is I would suck down a plastic water bottle. Like I would like cr- completely crinkle it. So it was so loud and suck mm-hmm. the whole thing down and basically one gulp. Like when I'm thirsty, I do not take sips. I'm like a whale opening its large literally mouth and, and letting like, the ocean pour into it, me. That's then followed by like, <sighs> <laughs> like so many like small, m- like moans is the wrong word, but just like so many human guttural noises. Like I hate it. Like I can literally picture you cracking all of your joints yeah, and drinking a big everything. gulp of water. And then <laughs> me being like, get out of my room, leave. And then also like moaning that it feels so good. Yes. And moaning through it. And it's just like, 
I don't want to be here for this private experience of you like cracking and like attending to your physical needs. I don't want to be, be around it. I want you to go to the bathroom to do it. You know, please. No, it's actually constant. It's completely constant. Um, it's like, so, ooh, 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 like there's a lot of oohs <laughs> and like, yeah. oh, mm. <laughs> no, that's, that's, bro. that's even too cute. It's worse than that. <laughs> a lot of pops. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I could, I pop every bone in my body. Okay. Um, but this isn't an episode where you're just going to bully me. Um, okay. this is an episode okay. where I'm going to talk about how uh, I almost literally got in a fight with a woman because of my physical attacks <gasps> on a plane. What? Okay. So here's the deal. This lady in front of me on the flight, she was taking advantage of the extra leg room too, but it really wasn't mm-hmm. for hers to be taken advantage of. It was truly mine. And so this was very frustrating, but she had her, she was sitting like completely like she was like woman spreading to the extreme. Like her one right leg was just extended all the way out. So it's the aisle. I w- and, and not into the aisle into the empty, what would have been the seat beside her. Right. Cause she, right, she had right. an empty seat beside her and I had an empty yeah. seat in front of, yeah. I had the same empty seat in front of me. So what was right, my extended right. leg room was her extended side leg room side room. So, yep. So anyway, she has her right leg, like completely out and it was not an attractive sitting position, very uncouth. And anyway, that's not the point though. The point is, it, is it got in the way of my extensions and my contractions, mm-hmm. um, of my knee joints and, she was also wearing dark clothing and I didn't notice this at first. So I kept, basically the point is I kept kicking her like throughout the flight because I would forget <laughs> that her leg was there because I couldn't see it in the and dark. Were you, would you say sorry? Yeah. So every time I'm like, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. And she kept looking back at me like the first time, nothing. The second time she like looked back at me and I was like, oh, sorry, sorry. When it got to the seventh time, she like fully turned her whole body <gasps> looked right at me and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I suffer from Russell's leg syndrome. Like I just fully made made up a medical condition because this woman looked like she was about to punch me out. Oh my gosh. I would have honestly wanted to punch you out too. Like, I I don't understand how you keep forgetting that someone is that someone else's like limb is there. Like after the fourth time that you've knocked. because here's the thing. When I do my contractions and my extensions, it's not like I'm thinking, oh, time to pop. It's just like, I'm living in my, my body moves. Like, I don't even think about it. It doesn't even register because you need to get a grip. You need to get a grip. You need to consult with somebody. Maybe you need to be medicated. Does anyone have lithium for Lauren? Honestly, I, the fact that I found a man who will put up with all of my physical issues is truly amazing. So yeah, these ticks are pretty bad. I, I noticed them a lot when we were spending time in my bedroom. Um, so what does he say? He's used to it at this point. Like I really try to not do the water bottle thing anymore. It helps that I like, don't try to not do it on when we're recording, but it just bothers. Like it bothers him that I won't just take like I would say that I won't drink water in like four ounce increments for yeah, me. It's it, like- it bothers me too, because it's, it's just such a dramatic act every time that it does start to wear on a, the other people around you. It's like yeah, it's- trying to be the center of attention when you're drinking water. No, I'm not. It's just when I'm thirsty, I'm really thirsty. And otherwise I don't drink water. And anyway, I feel like a victim. You, did you just contract right now? Did you just do, did you, did you just do a little contraction? <laughs> I know it. You know what? This is why I don't like recording on video with you. It's because now you can judge me. And honestly, I, I right now I feel a deep need to crack many parts of my body. I think you should like, do need honestly need to do it so the listeners can hear and it what I have to endure, you know, twice a week. Should I depending on okay. our let, bonus let episodes? Just, let me just crack okay. everything. Okay, hold on. 
Okay, this is my knuckles. This this is what I go through. Okay, I'm still doing my knuckles. Okay. Oh, feels good. Let me do my thumbs. Oh, I hate it. I'll do my neck. Oh, back. Oh my gosh. It's just like actual heaven. It feels so good. Oh, you need to seek out professional help. Oh, knee one, knee two, and then toes. Can you even hear that? Yes, I can. It's hell. The deep issue is that now I'll need to do that again in 20 minutes, but I will try not to. Um, anyway, okay, let's move on. I'm really sorry for subjecting our listeners to this. Clearly we're drained of things to say. Um, this podcast <laughs> I mean, has completely gone downhill. Okay. Let's get into my walking pad experience. Oh and yeah. Your walking pad revelation, because I okay. just, I can't stop talking about this. And so yeah, really? I want to hear your revelation. Yeah. Okay. So Chandler got a walking pad recently. Um, we all know what it is and I am so excited to hear how it's been for you. So I just want to start off by saying that, you know, I wasn't skeptical, but I was like, in order to get this walking pad up and going in my life, I had to do a lot of tasks. I had to like get rid of my current desk, buy a new desk. I had to buy this thing. And I just knew that it was kind of going to be a pain. So I like, I wasn't looking forward to it, but I was cautiously optimistic that it was going to be like a good thing for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone who works in tech, I'm surrounded by like, God. works in you tech. know, I mean, as someone who's on the frontier of the tech industry, Are you the CEO of a fintech company, That's I'm the, question. the CEO. Um, okay, gotcha. you know, as look, I'm just, all I'm saying is that I'm surrounded by like optimization, like gurus or people who like right. are all about optimizing. And like, especially when you go into In like, an a tech way. Like, yeah. And especially when you go into like a tech office, there's just like so many like optimization things. And most of them, in my opinion, are like total BS. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was skeptical of this optimization, which is the ability to walk and also get things done like exercise and truly also do other things at the same time. I'm going to interject and just say that that's everyone's question. Are you going to like, do you tip over? Do you fall off balance? Like, how do you type at the same time? Like, can you really do that? Okay. Continue. Right. I've answered emails and like done some work things via text on a treadmill at the gym before, but it's just like, not the same where I do feel like I am kind of like skirting death constantly Mm -hmm, because I'll like get off kilter. Um, but Lauren, this small, but mighty machine has me believing in tech again, optimization. We work everything. It's changing my life. And I'll just break it down for you because I only got it up and running last Friday, but I'm fully addicted. It feels like an answer to prayer. And, And that's because like winter has kind of broken me a little bit. Like I, just like used to be very excited to get up in the morning and like leave my apartment and like go get coffee or just like go for like a a jaunt. Yeah. And especially because I don't have to work for like a few hours, um, because I'm on West coast time. And now I have just like, since it's really gotten cold, I've just not wanted to leave my apartment at all. And so like going to the gym, all of those things like have basically gone out the window. Mm -hmm. Um, this ability to now, you know, be warm, stay inside my apartment, watch TV, shop online, like all the things I already just want to like lay in my warm bed and do like I can now do by just walking Mm -hmm. is absolutely earth shattering to me. Like the fact that I can get endorphins from exercising while also having shopped online for an hour is like, like what? Okay. This is the thing that people don't realize, like taking a walk. Otherwise, yes. It's like you basically are either going to be super bored on a standard treadmill because Mm -hmm. 
like you only can go on your phone, which is really right. tough. Like it's not easy and you do lose balance. Um, so you need a walking pad under a standing desk. And when you have right. that, it's like, you're, don't you feel like you're you can, fully functional? You can go anywhere. So like literally the other aspect of this is just the ease of doing whatever I want. Like it's so painless for me to use it for an extended amount of time. Like I can easily do it for, you know, 60 to 70 minutes at like 4.0 speed, which is and really fast. The time, the time just flies by, like, especially if I call a friend and then another hack, if you use like noise canceling on your AirPod pros, like your friends can't tell that you're on a treadmill. Like when you yeah. call me from your treadmill, I can tell that's because you don't really care about my ears or like sounds that annoy me. Yeah. I just as, don't really care you know, about you. Right. As we could tell in the previous segment, but like other mm-hmm. people can't really tell that I'm on the, that I'm like on the treadmill. And so I just like, I catch up with friends and I like kind of get prepped for my day. And it's just like, amazing. Like when I step off the walking treadmill and I'm like a little bit like just jazzed from getting like my exercise in, like I can do anything. So I really believe in this mission. I would like this company to go public. I don't know if they are, I haven't checked. I didn't do that research, but I'm, I'd be willing to like completely, uh, you know, put all of my savings into their stock. That's how much I believe in this mission. I think that there's, it's probably not patented. So I'm not sure that investing or, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to find a way to invest really matters. But the point is, is like, yes, suddenly what otherwise would have taken a lot of effort and sun damage, which is like an 80 minute walk, like going out and walking 40 minutes and then 40 minutes back like that. That's a mission. That's a Mm -hmm. mission. And now it's completely effortless and it goes by so fast. And not only that, but then you add in add in any exercise to that. So I also, you know, when I'm home, I do my actual strength training. Like I'm a person who lifts weights and like does interval training and also walks for an hour and 20 minutes a day. I'm now like an extremely active person. Like Mm -hmm. you literally can transform yourself into a super fit person and it can happen so fast and it's so easy. Exactly. Like when I'm gone and then I come home, my legs completely tighten up. Have your, do your, do your legs feel tighter since starting? Only been like three or four days. So I don't know if it's like, but, but I will say that I did it on the weekend, which is something that I would have never done before. Never done. Yeah. It's, it's truly amazing. I also recommend listening to either podcasts or if you're kind of feeling tired, put on like pop music, put on, you know, music with a good beat and you will just sail through. You'll totally sail through. The other thing is that I don't really break a big sweat. Yeah. Like I don't necessarily want to be in full no. makeup while I'm on it, but I'm not like, you don't break a sweat. You don't, I'm break not a sweaty. Sweat. So it's not like I have to fully, you know, shower scrub. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, it's super seamless. Um, okay. So here's my big revelation that I had. So, and trigger warning, I'm going to talk about like dieting and pound and actual like weight loss. So if that bugs you skip ahead like three minutes, I'm always basically the same weight depending on my behavior. Like if I'm on vacation for an extended period of time and I'm, I'm not, I'm not like going completely off the rails, but I'm just eating what I would like to, right? Like I'm watching it, but I'm not really restricting, you know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah. Anyway, that's my mode when I'm traveling. Like I'll, I'll generally have one indulgent meal a day. I'll try not to get super full and then kind of graze throughout the day beforehand. So anyway, at the end of that though, if I'm doing that for three months, which I did this summer, I will come home and I will be a certain weight. It's just extremely predictable for me. Like my body basically tops out at a certain weight. And, um, 
And what's been very interesting is that I feel like now my body tops out out of weight. That's seven pounds less than that. Like I've now, I feel like I've permanently lost seven pounds. Like I'm not kidding you. Now my set point and my range is seven pounds lower. Um, and I really attribute that to consistently walking on the walking pad because I think it's just, it's just, so how how long are you walking every, what's your, like, what's your standard amount of walking? It's 80 minutes minimum at three. My, my treadmill only goes at 3.75. Um, but mm-hmm. it's eight, 80 minutes minimum, which gets me to about 10,000 steps. And then if I'm feeling really good or ambitious, maybe I'll go up to like 120, like two hours of walking. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think like, yeah, I've just, I've lost weight like permanently from it. Yeah. And I, I've honestly just my whole life, I've never been a runner or anything like walking, incline walking has always been my preferred fo- form of cardio. And I've just always heard so many like great things about just walking consistently walking it's so good for your health walking is really really good for you and and I've even found that just like when I moved here I walk every I walk everywhere now but in the winter time like I just walk considerably less because it's so cold and it's just not Mm -hmm. enjoyable Mm -hmm. and so it's just like saving me during these months where like my my exercise and just like like footsteps in general have just totally tanked exactly now you're able to be you're able to get in like those steps and it doesn't depend on the weather being good being in the mood and also right. also sacrificing an hour and a half of your day because that's exactly part. right 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 like right. you truly are multitasking you were getting work yeah. done you yeah. were doing all those computer errands you need to you do can literally i i watch tv yeah like and it was it, it, and shopped online like it was it was amazing it's amazing. So everyone always asks, like, where do you get this thing? Like, where do I get a walking pad? So please, everyone, it's called walkingpad.com. It's, it's that simple. You just Google walking pad or walkingpad.com. I mean, you can get one. I also got mine on Amazon and it came in like three days, which was crazy. Do not pay for expedited shipping because mine came in three days. If you Google walking pad, the first thing is an Amazon link to the walking yeah. pad. Yeah. So perfect. Very simple, everyone. Okay. So enough about the walking pad. Um, Chandler, West Elm Caleb has taken TikTok by storm this week. Yes, Lauren. I posted about this over the weekend because I was also shook by the story. And I just like feel like there's a lot to dig into here. So I think we should discuss it and break it down for people. Okay. Break it down. Cause I think a lot of people, this is my issue with TikTok stories in general. It's always very hard to, for me, maybe I'm inept, but it always, um, feels very difficult to find the actual source material because so many people create videos to be relevant associated with West Mm -hmm. Caleb. And so then it's so hard to find the original video that everyone's talking about. So anyway, break it down for our listeners who are also TikTok illiterate. Okay. Like me. So a woman in New York city went on a date with a man named Caleb. It was not me. I did not cheat on my boyfriend. Um, but another woman in New York, um, right. He's a designer for West Elm. That's like what his hinge profile says. So that's how he's gotten the nickname of West Elm Caleb. And she made a TikTok about it where she just basically said, you know, we went on a date and then he ghosted me and it's basically blown up because after she posted her video, she was contacted by a bunch of other women or they commented on her video and said, wait, I've also had an experience with the same man, right? Where he's ghosted me or whatever. We're going to get into what, like the specifics, but basically it just like picks up speed because women on TikTok start, you know, putting the dots together 
whatever. And realizing that they're all like, they've all had this experience with the same man. Well, it also, it wasn't just, they all had been ghosted by him. They had all been ghosted by him in a very formula like way. Like he had Mm -hmm. basically, he'd done all these things that were all the same. Like he'd sent them all the exact same playlist, just Mm -hmm. renamed. Like, which is, I think so calculating, so gross. Um, and it was like, he curated the playlist for them. The thing is, this is not just like a typical guy who, who you would like match with and then like get dinner with. And you know, then he ghosts you go on a few days and he ghosts you. No. Right. Yeah. Or, or one day, whatever. Like this is a guy who would fall hard for you or pretend to fall hard for you even before you had gone on the first date. But before we get into uh, specifics, I just also want to add the fact that, so this didn't just stay on TikTok. This like whole entire drama spilled onto Twitter and then mm-hmm. to like Buzzfeed and tabloids and media sites, which then led to his full name being published. And this is where this term that I love the trial by internet really began. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's get into some of these specific stories about okay. his like love bombing. Okay. So he would love bomb a lot before the first date, which I thought was a huge red flag. Like he would say things like, I just have such a good feeling about you. And to me, it's like, you haven't even seen my face in person. Like you can't, you can't know that. I don't know. Just like that coming from a stranger on the internet that I've like swiped with feels very weird. I don't know. It's very easy to say that knowing that he's a womanizer and that this is all very calculated. But I think when you're a girl in that moment, it's very hard not to be like, Oh, finally someone gets how great I am. You know what I mean? Like after dating a bunch of guys in New York, well, like it would be so hard not to be like, of course, of course. And also I was pretty quick to like, try to go on the first date, but I think a lot of these people had been maybe messaging with him for an extended amount of time. So like you have built a rapport by that point and you have like flirted and I read lots of receipts of his text messages. And let me just tell you that I was also starting to swoon. Like he was a funny banter type of guy. He was very interested, like lots of text messages, not like I don't know, nothing uh, polite or, or calculated. It was like, it seemed very natural and casual. Um, so, so there was the love bombing before the first date. Okay. So you, a lot of times these girls would go on their first dates with them and he would literally take pictures of them, like inconspicuous photos that he would then send to them after, which to me was like which a is like- very genius move. Yeah. Cause it makes him seem like he's obsessed with you. Like he's yes. so obsessed with you. He's taking photos of you and sending them to mm-hmm. you. Like oh, you're so pretty. Right. Right. And it yeah. would, they were not like creepy. They were just like sweet and conspicuous photos that you'd like want your boyfriend to take of you, you know, because he's right. just like lovingly adores you anyways. So then like the love bombing and like, honestly, very believable love bombing, like not like you're the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. Like cringy love bombing. It would be stuff like, I'm so glad I met you you know, like stuff that Mm -hmm. felt very sincere. And Mm -hmm. honestly, like when I was reading this, like I literally started to swoon and I started to like fall like a soldier in battle because like, I don't know, it was hooking me and I'm like in a relationship with somebody else. Like it it was working for me. Um, so I can a hundred percent understand where these ladies started to totally fall for him because like, it was all dripping and like, the perfect thing that like a girl would want to hear or see from a guy. Right. And also let's not forget that he was very physically attractive, six foot four. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
25, this guy is going to be a dream boat to a lot of women. Right. Right. And like he even told this one girl, I think Kelsey was her name. I think she had the worst story because I think it carried on for quite some time. And he even told her that he deleted hinge. Right. And that's the other thing is, so that's where this departs from you know, somewhat benign, bad behavior in dating Mm -hmm, that everyone does, which is ghosting and kind of just like not, not being totally forthright, not owning up to the fact that you're not that into that person, the kind of stringing them along, whatever it becomes, it airs on the side of malevolence when you intimate or imply that you have, that you are now exclusive to that person. Like you don't actually say it, but you imply it. So now this person is really Mm -hmm. thinks on them. Absolutely. And trust you, probably trust you with their body and trust you mm-hmm. in a way that they otherwise wouldn't. Well, and you I believe them. also like, also she talks about how he even said, what are your intentions? Like he brought up like the, what are we type of conversation? Right. Right. Which is right. honestly, in my like experience, pretty foreign for a guy, like, totally, you know? Um, but so inevitably with all of these stories, all of them would get ghosted. He would drop off the radar. He would forget about plans. He would stop making plans. And like, that was a pretty abrupt stop. And this would be like a pretty abrupt stop after, you know, someone was fully falling in love with him or like, you know, starting to really begin a relationship. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the summation of his transgressions. Correct. And I think that the, the outcome is that he, you know, was completely doxxed and people know his name. And I think, right. I don't know if his address, but no, they know where he works mm-hmm. and his personal life has been like his an- anonymity as a non-public person has been stripped from him. Right. And so I think that my feeling on it is that like, this is definitely bad behavior. It's definitely a womanizing behavior. Right. I just don't know that being an asshole is sufficient cause well, for being like, you know, bullied online. I actually right. I don't believe so. Cause I just want to say a lot of us are assholes at 25 when we date. That's what I'm. Yeah. So this is what I've got to, two wrap up thoughts here about this story. And I think like, this is a story about dating. I don't think this is a story about abuse or, you know, something really serious. I think that we just need to like ground everyone in the fact that like this is what the dating world is like. There are womenizing men. It's swiping and meeting strangers. Like this is just the pool that you swim in. And like, I'll be honest, I was not always the most forthright to men I was dating and men were not always, you know, Mr. Darcy back to me, like guys are going to mess with you. And that's a fact of life. Guys are going to have formulas. Like they're going to, here's the thing. Also, I think that women don't understand. Um, men have to pursue a lot of women in order to, you know, in order to be successful with any of them, pursuit is mostly on men. And so it would be highly inefficient, I think, to not have some sort of formula, not have some sort of uh, behavior that's repeated because otherwise it would just be exhausting to have to reinvent the wheel every time. Right. So that's right. going to be somewhat normal. You know, that doesn't necessarily make I, someone a womanizer. The playlist. Yeah. The playlist was like one of the more benign things to me. It was like classic date guy who's dating. Uh, the other thing I just wanted to like call out is that this guy is 25. And while I don't think that like every 25 year old guy in a big city is in full bachelor mode, I think that the majority of them are. So like, to me, it was already kind of a long shot that like he was pretty young and like totally just like 
trying to lock it, lock it down with all these women. That's just like my own bias perhaps, but. And that's, that's normal. That's to be expected. Right. Totally. And I think it's important if, if you want a commitment and that's important to you to, to request that and make sure that you're both on the same right. page. And if you're not, you know, you break it off. But he was, I just, he was basically lying and saying, in, in implying that they were on the same page there. Totally. Totally. And I don't want to. I don't want to sound like a Caleb apologist at all because I, I actually went into this thinking that I was going to be full Caleb apologist. And then upon doing further digging and actually understanding like the degree to which he like love bombed these women. And like, I kind of imagine love bombing is just like somebody who was like, you know, interested. I didn't realize that it was literally like lies about being like, you know, I'm only seeing you, I'm deleting my hinge you know, that type of thing that is like really manipulative. Um, so I like, I fully came to terms with the fact that like he, he deserves to, he deserves to know that he's a really bad dater. I don't know that he deserves to have his entire like life derailed right now and his reputation. And I I even heard that he had like had to take down his portfolio, like his personal website. It just feels like an extreme moment of the internet going crazy. Like this is, I think this is really a story about the power of, you know, a a trial by internet, which is what we just like see nowadays. And brands have started to capitalize on it, which is kind of weird and gross. And I just don't know that it was totally warranted. Yeah. Like a brand did a billboard or like painted Mm -hmm. inside of a building about West Elm Caleb capitalizing on the, the viral moment. And, you know, ultimately this guy is probably never going to achieve any sort of fame or notoriety in his life. Like he's probably going to be a private citizen. And so it's kind of sad that the one moment of his, his claim to fame is going to have been some pretty crappy behavior. Like I do actually feel bad for him. And I'm going to say this, unless your career path is being a TikTok personality, which sounds like a fun career path, go for it. But if that's not what you're doing, I personally think it's a really bad look as a girl to do like dating recaps on TikTok, on TikTok. <laughs> and I am 75 years old, giving advice. Um, no, I think it's a really bad look. I don't think that it comes across as confident and self-assured. In my opinion, it comes across as petty and desperate to recap bad dates, to make TikTok videos in the bathroom during dates. Like for me, it's extremely cringy. Well, and so if you do that, it's time to literally put the app down and take a beat. I, first of all, I just want to say that I cracked, just cracked my foot. So I just want to fully own that. Um, oh, sorry. I you. made fun of you and then I just did it. Yeah. I, so I was, as I was watching all these, I realized that I was getting served a lot of like dating TikTok algorithm things. And I do not like, that's not really my TikTok algorithm. And I felt the exact same way. Like, I, I think it just makes the whole act of dating seem really jaded and sad and like hard when like, yeah, it can be that way, but it can also be really amazing and exciting. And it just turns it into this like vicious expose on how terrible men are, which I think is a bad place to be in mentally. Yes. A hundred percent. It's not a good look. It makes you seem insecure. And ultimately, do you want the guy you're going on a date with who's really excited about you and who sees potential in you to then go watch a bunch of videos, which they will find. They will find it. Do you right. want to go watch a bunch of videos where you recap bad dates and seem like Debbie Desperado? I don't think so. You want to seem self-assured and confident. 
and like you have it well, together and, and a lot like, of guys want you and they're lucky to spend time with you. Not like, Oh, you know, a date. Like, I'm sorry. If don't complain about dating in New York in any sort of public way as a girl complain about it privately with your girlfriends, but you're public facing, you're confident and the world is at your feet. And when you're on the apps, like everyone is just like a stranger trying to find a connection. And so like, just cut each other a break. Right. Totally. Okay. Another thing that came up this week, Chan, is that Bella Hadid is no longer hitting the sauce. She's taking a break from alcohol. You sent me this article. Do you want to sum it up for people? Do you mind? Yeah. Okay. First thing, first bit of full disclosure is that this article mentions that she's creating a line of non-alcoholic drinks. So there's just a degree of salt that you should take this, you know, article with that being said, I don't think she's lying. Okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so she says that she hasn't had a drink in six months. And I think that's pretty amazing. Like, I don't know when you're a celebrity and your entire life is just modeling gigs and partying. Right. Like for sure. I don't know. She she literally, it's very impressive when like, you can literally be on vacation for your whole life, except for like the random times you have to go like model and do like shoot a campaign. Not that they don't work hard, but you know what I'm saying? It's not my life. That's all. Um, and so she kind of spoke about this and said that basically she started to feel a rise in anxiety around drinking and whether that was like regret or maybe just like, I feel like I'm always having to have a drink to calm my nerves whenever I'm out. Mm-hmm. And she just like noticed this pattern and not that she was even saying that like she has a problem or anything, just that, I don't know if I like that this is now my mode. Right. So I, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Well, the like, thing I, I read that she yeah. said was that she felt like she would not go out because she felt like she knew that when she went out, she wouldn't be able to control herself. Mm. So that's mm-hmm. where, that's where it was actually like went from being, cause I think a lot of people have a few drinks to feel more at ease in social situations. Right. Right. I think that's very universal. Um, but I think where she obviously had an issue was she couldn't actually control the amount she was drinking. Well, and I think too, she said that, you know, she needed to cancel, she started to cancel night outs because she knew that they would turn into kind of like vendors. Right, right, right. Exactly. So, um, I think it's great. I think everyone should be allowed to make modifications to their behavior with alcohol. And I think that, that doesn't necessarily mean someone's an alcoholic. Like, I think it's just such a right. strange, we live in such a strange culture with any other substance. You said, oh, I'm, I, you know, I'm, ta- I'm taking a break from microwave popcorn. I've enjoyed a lot of microwave popcorn recently. <laughs> if I said I was taking a break from that, it would be a two sentence conversation. No one would right. care, but it's like, when you say, oh, I'm not drinking right now. It's like, oh, 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 do you have totally. Are you an alcoholic? Like, right. wait, did you wake up with, you know, did you wake up every day with, with vodka? Like that I think is a really toxic mentality that we have and we should be open to people taking a break. For sure. And I, I love that there's now a spectrum of like reasons why you can choose not to drink that like, don't have to be related to having a disease or like something religious, nothing wrong. No, like there's nothing wrong with either of those reasons. It's just that they usher in an outlook about alcohol that like not everyone shares, Right. you know, that, that is a little bit more extreme. Um, like for me in my life, like I obviously drink, but I find that I don't like drink as much as my peers. Like I don't really drink on weekdays at all. And I've even felt like shame about this Really? or like what's when, yeah. Like I felt like, when am I going to reach that level of adulting where I like unwind with a glass of wine? I don't think that's something you should aspire to at all. Like if anything, well, and I then think that's it's like I'm a love, like adulting. Right. Yeah. That's, that's no, not- I, I agree. These are, these were like, I think the thoughts when I was a little bit younger when I was like finally living on my own and just like kind of like 
getting my first like taste of just like full adult life. But I think I've come to realize like, oh no, I just really value like sleeping well. Right. And I do not want to sleep poorly on a weeknights. Like if I sleep poorly on a weeknight, like y'all better watch out. It's not good. And so anyways, right. all this, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say also, I think that our culture is just littered with images of like, I think the image of an adult woman in any sort of book or novel or TV mm-hmm. show is like an adult woman on her white sectional in her turtleneck having a, With glass a huge of glass wine. of wine. Yeah. Huge, a bit, a glass of red wine, you know, reading a book, taking a bath, pouring a glass of white. Um, no, it's always, oh, it's like, it's in branded as this like mark of sophistication. Right. Right. It's just so ingrained in our culture and it's totally, well, I think, not, I don't, I think it's something that is way more respectable if you are not a person who drinks daily. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, I mean, there are plenty of people who drink daily and like it works for them, but I just don't think I like it enough to want to do it all the time. And also I, I think when I'm in that mode, it leads to like dancing and like so big social moments that like, I just don't find at home. If I'm drinking, it's because I'm having like a night out. I don't really like drink when I have nights in, if that makes sense. Totally. Totally. I think everyone has a different relationship to it and it brings out certain things in people. And I think the important thing is that we should all be allowed to make decisions. Like I drink only socially to have a fun time or I have a glass of wine every night because I love it and it's a ritual for me or I don't drink at all. And whatever Mm -hmm. your behavior is to it, like everyone should be able to have thoughtful, considered relationships with alcohol and not be stigmatized as having some sort of problem. Totally. And I read this other article that was like, I think the title was, I'm sick of having to explain why I don't drink. And this was by a person who just found that their response to drinking was sadness. Like they got extremely sad when they Mm -hmm. would drink and they started like, so they were like, okay, I'm going to take a break. And then they like wanted to go to like AA meetings because they were just creating a community of people who were like also choosing not to drink, but that also wasn't right for them. And, and so I just am very happy to usher in a time of mocktail bars or, you know, there's an, like an entire boutique shop, like a couple blocks down from me. That's like all non-alcoholic drinks. And I'm just like, I'm here for it. So that's all. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, that's the thing about it is I think that it'd be so great if every restaurant just had a mocktail list too. Right, that way, right. th- cause I think it's so hard for people who don't drink because there's something about, there's something that's very difficult. I think to be a teetotaler and also be in modern culture and mm-hmm, have a modern mm-hmm. workplace and all of that. I think it's actually well, can be very hard. It's, it's like a bonding mechanism. And if you're not a person who also indulges and has those golden moments as they're called with with your coworkers, with your friends, sometimes you can feel left out and like you're kind of a wet blanket. Absolutely. And I I think it's, yeah, it's about ritual. And I think people feel like they they can't participate in the ritual because they're not drinking. But if you can just casually say, oh, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have the, you know, whatever it is. And it's just happens to be a mocktail and you don't have to call attention to the fact that you're not actually putting ethanol into your body that night. Yeah. I think that that's a great way of just, (laughs) you know, normalizing some people I think that's a great idea. So. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so another thing this week, there was an article in the cut about sharing phone passwords with your partner. And apparently this is a very contentious issue that people feel very divided about. Did you know this? It, yes. I saw the article. I feel completely shocked that it's a contentious issue. 
Okay. So let me just read a few quotes from the article and then we can get into our thoughts. Okay. So a woman named Sarah was quoted and she said, I'm strongly team yes to sharing. We had a scare with my daughter when she was born and my husband had to make some fast decisions when I was under anesthesia and he had to reach out to some of my contacts to let them know there was an emergency. Um, so he needed to get into her phone. Okay. So then there was a woman named Julie who said, uh, I don't want my partner looking at my stuff. I, and I don't want to look at his, we've been together since we were teenagers and I need at least something to be separate and private. And a woman named Anna agreed and said, she's surprised people share passwords. And she says it would hundred percent be a red flag for me. If my partner wanted me to share that info, I would see it as a sign of a jealousy (gasps) issue. What? Okay. I'm dying to talk to you about this. Dying. No, this woman who's like, I need something for myself. I'm like, okay, go have six to eight hours at the mall by yourself and call that like your space or your private time since you've been together since you were teenagers. You've nothing Take up left Tai Chi. Your identity. Yeah. Like, the idea. Yeah. Something for myself, some shred of identity. Okay. Exactly. Like it's utterly absurd. Here's my feeling. Like for me and Kagan, it's purely practically necessary that we can both get into each other's phones. Like there will be many times when we're driving and my phone has the map going and I need to get into his phone to look something up and I don't right, want to disturb right. the map or whatever it is. Frequently, for like, some reason, we're on each other's phones. Like, does this happen? Absolutely. Yes. All the time. In fact, it's, it's actually hilarious because until probably about a month ago, I could not memorize Ben's phone password for the life of me. And it was like annoying to him that I could not memorize it because it's like, of course it's six digits long or something annoying. And I'm like, just have an easier passcode zero, zero, zero. It's like, it's totally available. Right. So yes, exactly. And it's just, it's a matter of practicality and it's actually a red flag. If you're like, okay, if I was at a dinner and it came out, I didn't have Kagan's phone password. Cause that's going to come out. People are going to mm-hmm, notice mm-hmm. if you, if you are traveling with people and you can't unlock your partner's phone, that's going to come out that to right. me, literally. It's like, why don't we talk to the table about the fact that Kagan's cheating on me? Like literally that's or what that it has say. intentions of like, or is hiding things from you. Or like shady. I, yeah. Yes. It's, yes. it's very shady. It, that's exactly what it is. It's shady. It's, it's not a uh, guilt It's you know, immediate. It's not ill. It's not immediate it's guilt. Immediate guilt, mean, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, okay. But I don't think it immediately means your partner's cheating on you. I do think it shows intention to hide things from you, which is scary. Exactly. It, it means that some, that there are secrets. It just means yes. that there are secrets. Yes. Yes. Like and it, it does. There are couples who like the minute they get married or whatever, they like combine their Facebooks. I think that's okay. super freaking weird. That makes me want to that's up. like. I think that's bizarre. I feel feel like that means like I'm too nervous about my husband like sliding I've been cheated girls. Yeah, or like we've gone through infidelity. That's what that says. It it, it says that. It says like I need to know everything about my husband's past or like maybe it's not coming from the woman, but it's just like we cannot have our life is now our life together and there's no past before that or like they're not allowed to have any type of like friends or past life or um, that is a way that people can privately communicate communicate with them. Yes. Like I I don't need to see all of Ben's private communications, but like, if I wanted to, I should be able to, you should be able to a hundred percent. Absolutely. And as should he, if, okay. (laughs) If Courtney told me that she didn't have access to Wyatt's password, right. I would, I would literally be like, 
throw all of his clothes on the lawn. I would say him out of the house, kids, let him be with her, get him out of the house and let him be with her, put the kids in the XC 90 and hit the road. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And that is weird. If you don't have your partner's phone password, that there, that is a tension there. And if, you know, and if you need to maybe look at their explore page, maybe you should. Yes. A hundred percent. How are you going to know them? And it doesn't mean, okay. So, so then here's the other thing. Like, I don't read Ben's text messages. I don't like while he's in the shower because I have his passcode. I don't go onto his phone and then like, just like out of curiosity, read through his text messages. Like, no, I don't do that. I know (laughs) you do. You do that with my phone. You do that with mom's phone. Actually, I love everyone's phone. I love, I love mom's text messages are honestly gold. And I love reading her text messages. I love reading mom's text too. Yeah. It's, it's really a special pastime, but like, okay. I don't think that reading like your person's text messages is a good habit or a good idea for sure. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's just about that. If, if there was a moment when you needed to, not even that you're snooping, but you got to look up what the person sent. Oh, he sent me the link to the restaurant we're going to. Can you look at it? I'm driving. Right. You should be able to with ease. Um, so anyway, I think that it's crazy that people don't do it and, and they think they're in like committed, safe relationships. They are not, they are not this woman who was like, we've been together since we were teenagers and I just need to have something for myself like that. I mean, like bouncing off my brain right now because it does not make any sense. No, I mean, yeah. I, that's Do you have an I online think- gambling habit or something that you need for yourself? Right. There's like something, exactly. What do you need for yourself other than access to your cam boys on, you right. know, right. like, <laughs> like what do you need that's just for you? It's so strange. It's um, so bizarre. Yeah, no. Phone passwords are meant to be shared in relationships. And that's the end of that. And it's no discussion. It's no debate. That's it. That's my mm-hmm. edict. Period. Full, full stop. Full stop. As you hate when I say full stop, it's one of your pet peeves. Um, I used to be very draconian with a point with, a, with opinions with Chandler. And I always end some sentences with like, and that's how it is. Full stop. Full stop. I'm just like, you I'm your sister. I, I've like literally known you since I existed. Like, please don't use full stop with me. You can't order red onions at dinner with a man on a first date. Full stop. Full, full stop. stop. Full stop. Like, can you please stop saying full stop? Anyway, honestly, I'm to I would really purge it just for you. Thank you. And if you could work on your cracking next, that would be great. I will try. I will attempt. Um, okay. Anything else we want to get to this up, Chan? I don't think so. All right. Well, lots of stuff we uh, dug into though. Proud of yes, us. Yes, it was a great episode. Just quick giveaway reminder everyone to enter the giveaway and to help us grow this is your last chance it ends at the end of the month so you want to post on your stories about loving the pod include a link so your listeners can easily tap and listen to it and tag us so we see it or dm us a screenshot if you're private all right we've had about 42 entries so far so there's a good chance you could win it's not like thousands of entries and also if you have ideas for what next month's giveaway should be let me know because I am totally open and I'm excited to keep doing this because I think it's going to really help us get out there. Okay. Okay. Love you, Chan. Love you. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. 
Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus' wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Catherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley, and I'm Jennifer Chaikin, and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey.